Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. We are back inside the den, Bobcat fans. Today, I have the head coach of the men volleyball team, Pono Yin. Pono, welcome inside the den. Thank you. This is your first time here, all right? I've, I've, uh, I've given you the heads up on how this works. and uh, uh, So anyway, uh, uh, you're being introduced for the first time to our listeners. Uh, this is your first season at Lee's McRae. And I want to find out, uh, how did you end up here? Why did you choose Lee's McRae? Where did you come from? Where have you been? And how have you ended up here at Lee's McRae and Banner Elk? Well, I guess um, it, it all started from where I'm originally from in Hawaii. And um, I ended up going to school in Iowa. And so... Living in Iowa, playing volleyball for col- in college and, and whatnot, I kind of stayed in the area after and started coaching at my alumni. Then I got an opportunity to go to Drake University. And after Drake University, my head coach there, he always tried to encourage us to find the next step to become a head coach or anything like that. And so Lee's McCray popped up and I... Went from the women's game to the men's game, back to the men's game. And it was just an opportunity for me to see another part of the country, a beautiful part of the country, by the way, um, and, and just for me to take that next step to becoming a head coach. And so I had a great conversation with Craig, um, our VP of Athletics, and, and Jeff um, Merrill. And it just kind of clicked in the, the conversation and the interviews and, and, you know, meeting the guys on the interview just kind of was like, yeah, this is where I want to be. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm first curious, how does a kid from Hawaii end up in Iowa? Um, that's a do, good question. Do most young high school athletes in Hawaii, do they end up coming to the, uh, this side or do they stay in Hawaii to further their athletic careers? I think that all depends. Um, my cousin went to Grayson, where I went, and he went a year before me, and he called me up, and he said, cousin, we need a setter next year. You should come and play. And I just like, you know, I was in, I was working already, you know, out of high school, and I saw an opportunity to be able to compete and play, you know, the sport that I love. And so I took the opportunity and I ended up in Iowa. Um, But I think I think more and more kids these days or more and more youth these days coming out of Hawaii are looking to explore and and are open to leaving the islands and coming to the mainland. And um, yeah, I, I, I think it's getting a lot better. Um, with them being open to travel and, and find a school away from home and, you know, mm. kind of live their life on their own for a little bit. That had to be for you, I'm sure as a, I think for most college kids, when you're leaving home for the first time, whether it's a drive or it's a flight or it's, or you're going across an ocean, like there's a, there's excitement. There's a little bit of uncertainty, uh, for you that had to help that you had a family member 
over here. And you're like, okay, all right. Uh, as at least one person I'm going to know and can relate to what was that like as a young person doing that? It was a great experience, you know, and, and it, it was so funny because when I ended up going to Graceland, um, there was actually a pretty good population of kids from Hawaii at that time. Oh. And so I met a friend of mine, uh, his name is Manu, and he was telling me, hey, come by the house, we live over here, you know, and whatnot. And and my cousin was telling me, yeah, Manu is, is an awesome guy, you know, and he lives with a couple other people from Hawaii. And it was so funny because I go to the house, I knock on the door, and the person that answers the door ended up being one of my good friends that I used to work with right out of high school. <laughs> And then after that, small um, world after all. Oh my God, yes. And so you know, and, and from Hawaii to the middle of nowhere, Iowa, right? And so um, the other roommate comes walking out of the room. There, there's three of them, and the other roommate comes walking out of the room, and he looks at me like, "What in the world?" And I was like, "Oh my God, what are you doing here?" It ended up being my good friend from high school, his younger brother, that we played basketball together, and we live oh, in the same town. Wow. Yes. So from Hawaii to the the middle of nowhere, Iowa. I find a whole bunch of people that I already knew from back home, not knowing that's that they when were there. you know you're in the right place. Yes, a hundred percent. Because even though I mean Hawaii is is a part of the United States, I would imagine that the experience uh, for someone from the islands to come to here to go to college has to be a little bit similar, at least, to that of an international student almost. We have a lot of international kids here. Uh, I just would think that it was a similar experience. Yeah, um, I, I I truly believe that also. Um, we had a lot of international kids at Grayson when I was there too. And and to be very, uh, very honest, at first I kind of... Um, made like made quick friends with them and it's just kind of it, it was just a different lifestyle you know it was a different culture and and so um there, there was a lot of things like one of my closest friends is from Kosovo and mm. there was just a lot of um you know even though they're they're I, I wouldn't say third world country but you know they were you know in war with Albania and all this stuff but um there's so many similarities in his culture that kind of um, related to me mm-hmm. and, and our culture in Hawaii, and and we, you know, we became fast friends, you know, and and to this day, and and um, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I definitely made a lot of friends with uh, everybody in the states that I met there too, um, but it was just the international people were just it, it was a similarity, it, it mm-hmm. was relatable, you know, like you like you mentioned earlier, so. So it was pretty easy to kind of get along with everybody and share experiences like that. Yeah, that's that's an awesome story. All right, so we're gonna I'm gonna come back to that that theme a little bit here in a minute. Uh, but you are here to coach. That's why you came to Banner Elk. Why you're here at Lee's McRae? Yes. You're the men volleyball coach. Uh, oh, before I get into that though, this jumped out to me as I'm reading your bio and learning about you. We're going to get to the actual volleyball. So we're because now I'm finding out like, wait, there's a lot more interesting stuff here uh, than volleyball. I mean, volleyball is cool, but storytelling and live stories are far more interesting than than a sport, in my view. Uh, but I'm curious. You have a bachelor's degree in psychology, mm-hmm. which we don't see a lot of coaches with degrees in that field. 
I wish I had a psychology degree, knowing what I know uh, now in the profession. How has that helped you as a coach, having studied that field? Oh, it helps tremendously. You know, just um, being able to recognize behaviors, um, being able to counter those behaviors, whether they're good or bad, um, or, or negative or positive, right? Um, being able to, I guess I just understand how the mind works in, a, in that sense where, um, you know, sometimes you you want to make them feel special. Sometimes you want them to earn something, you know, and you just kind of see where they were, where they want to be, and, and how we can put those pieces together, you know, to be to be where they want to be. Um, but I think the psychology part of everything for me was fascinating, and that's why I went into it. And so I truly believe it helped me um, daily with coaching because, you know, you on a team sport, you deal with a lot of different personalities, you know, and so um, you, you kind of have to learn how to deal with them differently. You know, you want to treat them the same, but you approach them differently when mm-hmm. you, you know, trying to problem solve or when you're trying to encourage or, um, you know, whatnot. But then at the end of the day, you also try to do something collective for the team, you know, and, and, and I think if you're consistent with that, then it helps. But it also helps understanding how people are, what makes them tick, you know, what what motivates them and, and whatnot. And I think having that psychology uh, degree helps quite a bit. Well, I tell you what. I think it gives you an edge just to have first having just that general understanding of that. We all come to this moment from different experiences and perspectives. The mistake I made early in my coaching career was I was a little bit too concentrated on a regimented linear process of getting the results that we know we all wanted and wrongly thinking that, young people would kind of approach it the maybe the way I did when I was younger is like, okay, you, you have the formula, you do the work. It may or may not work out, but you do the formula, you do the work and you just keep pushing and you just keep trying and success will eventually come. And that it was hard for me to understand why so many young people were making decisions against their, their best self-interest. And, and it took me a few years to really adjust to that. And to your point, recognize Hmm. Yeah, they don't come to this with the same experiences I do. I have got to get where I have to understand where they're coming from to help them achieve these things and go through the process necessary to do it. And it, boy, I'm serious. It took me three to five years to figure that out. Yeah. Um. I. I. I mean, honestly, I have the psychology background, but I still kind of figure that out too. You know, I still come into practice and I talked to a good friend of mine who is now the head coach for our men's program where I formerly was or my alumni and you know I had to tell him I, I can't come into practice assuming that they're like me Bing, bingo that you know? assumptions we make yes. assumptions sometimes that really just get us into trouble yes yes and and you know that's that's when I have those talks with my good friends over the phone and and we talk volleyball and you know, we talk experience and, and it was just kind of a realization for me too. It was like, I have to change my mindset because they're not like me. Exactly. I, I was, I was intrinsically motivated as an athlete. I wanted to be the best at what I wanted to do. And I'm sure they want to be the best also, right. but they have another motivating factor, right? And, and, and that's what I'm working to find. 
And so, um, yeah, I, I, I got to go in without all right. that assumption. So we're going to, uh, all right, I already know we're going to have you back on the podcast and we're going to talk about the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. How important one is over the other, but there's a balance there. Yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that's a conversation that we don't have time for on this podcast because it's a really deep one. And yes. because nowadays young people with, I'm a little older than you. Uh, we didn't have social media. Thank goodness I didn't have it because I think I would, I would have struggled with some of the things that young people are today. And, and that is, um, looking at all these things on the outside instead of focusing on the inside. And it, and it really, it tricks you. It tricks you to behavior patterns that are just not good for you. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of outside influence. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm excited about that future conversation then. All right. So now we're going to get into some volleyball. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about your season. You kicked it off. You've started the season. You've had three meets or two and one, mm-hmm. uh, and you're starting conference play soon. Uh, how has starting off really well and having a winning record affected the spirit and the mentality of the team? Because there was a spirit and mentality when you arrived, and now you've been able to work with them for a while. You started the season, got a little taste of some of some success. Mm-hmm. What What's it like now? I, I think it's for the guys. I actually think that they're kind of neutral. You know, I, I, Ooh, I, that's actually really good. Yeah, I, I don't feel that they're on cloud nine in that sense where they're going to take it easy now. You know, I, I still feel like they still have a chip on their shoulder and they want they want to prove to people that that they're good enough to win, that they deserve to be successful. And um, it, it, it's been pretty balanced in practice. Um, I don't I, 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 I didn't have to say much in practice yesterday. We had a pretty light practice. Um, we went through some rotations and whatnot, and and I think they're starting to realize that hey, we're good enough to win. Like, let's make sure that our practices are are focused, and 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 we're focusing on what we need to focus on to get better day after day. So, pretty excited about it. That's sweet. Well, you said a word there that I use often with our team is about deserve, uh, and that you have to believe you deserve it, but you got to have backed that up and talk about that, like the backing up process before deserving something. Um, Yeah. So um, I feel like it's, it's a mindset, right? It's a mentality that they needed to change. You know, I I feel like they've been down and out for a few years now that they started to believe that that's where they belong. And so, you know, when I, I first came here, it was not about coaching volleyball. I couldn't just coach volleyball. I had to coach confidence. I had to coach mentality. I had to coach encouragement. Um, and then some skill sets, you know, and, and I don't think they realized it, um, you know, but but I do. I, I feel like we have such great athletes on our team and that they deserve to be successful. But, you know, it takes that mindset and that mentality change to to be there. And I'm also very, I like to, I like to be humble myself. I mean, I, I definitely like, I don't like to be boastful. So when we win, you know, it's kind of like Bill Belichick. So when you win, say little, when you lose, say less or vice versa, maybe, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and I want them to be humble because I think that's the opposite part of, 
you know, deserving in that sense. So, yeah. Well, I, I think that's a, you learn as a coach that you're learning it early in your career, I think is hugely important that what you think and dwell on has such a tremendous effect on how you perform. And then if you can get your thoughts in alignment with what you really want to do, and then you do the things it takes in combination with that, then you have a chance when the game starts and just having a mindset, uh, is not enough, but you have to back it up also with the work, put those two things together. Whereas if you just do the work, but you lack the mindset, you're in a trouble spot. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. They, I think they go hand in hand to be successful mm -hmm. on a volleyball court. I, I mean, in, in, in any sports really, you know, you can have the most physically talented team, but if, if they're not in it and their minds and, and they're not focused on, on the small things, I think, you know, I don't think they're as successful as they should be, you know, whereas you have a team who is, who is kind of all around fairly above average, but they have the mindset. And I think they, they become more successful than, than the more physically talented team. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent that it's not that I just agree with it. That's what I've seen happen. Yes. Like eventually you have to start believing the evidence that you see get lived out. And, and that's been my experience. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's all right. So I agree that those are things you have to address before it's like, okay, here's how you do this or that the actual doing of the sport and then winning. I tell our team a lot that, you know, we race on the weekends and what we do, what we think and how we do all of that Monday through Friday, when we get on the start line, it's the race is over. We're just living it out. It's what we've been thinking and doing successively consistently over a period of time Monday through Friday that's going to dictate how we perform on the weekend I'd imagine it has to be very similar to the same in the sport of volleyball yeah um I, I truly believe that also I think it's um being able to do that consistently is the challenge right it's, it's getting them to that mindset and, and being able to do it consistently is where the challenge really lies um for my guys I put them over last night and I said do we win tomorrow's match playing volleyball like this right now and collectively they said no and i said okay well what a question yeah you know I, but you kind of have to put them in that in that perspective right and and because sometimes they see that that they're not having a good practice or they're not doing well and sometimes they see that they are but they don't understand how to address it yet and so sometimes i gotta i gotta ask those questions it's tough you know because I don't want them to lose their confidence knowing that they're not having a good practice, but I want them to understand the situation that they're in. And so, you know, you kind of, I, I feel like you kind of have to ask those questions. Which I'm going to piggyback off that because I've learned and I agree with what you just described is that the kids already have the answers. It's up to us to pose the questions to them so that they come up with it themselves. So then they will respond in the manner that they that they need. You're sitting right now on uh, a couch that many other young people have sat in, and I'm sitting in a chair across from it. And that's exactly a lot of times when I'm sitting with them is I've, I'm not I'm trying to think of the questions I need to ask to get them to the root of what we're really talking about here. And it usually takes a little while for them to reveal what what really needs to be said. But the moment they start throwing that information out there, then they start 
the the answers start churning inside their own mind. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. It's got actually my mind really, going. it's yeah. really fun to see that take place, isn't it? Yes, a hundred percent. Wow. All right. Well, that excites me that you all are doing that, and that's that's what's going because that tees into the next question and thing I want to talk about, which is if all those things are happening, like you say, and you're working on that actively, consciously doing that. Um, I look at your roster. You've only got one senior. You have a lot of youth on your side, which means you're going to have these kids for quite a few more years coming up. All right. Well, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm not going to assume. How are you using this youth to your advantage? Oh, man. Um, I'm I'm using it for the long haul, right? I, I, the bigger picture in that sense. And um, if I can get through to them now, then I can have them lead the culture and lead, you know, the practices in that sense. And and now they ask each other, was this practice good enough to win tomorrow? You know, mm-hmm. instead of me having to pose right. questions. And and I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that because, like you said, I have a lot of young kids on my team, a lot of young guys. And um, I, I'm just, I've just been blessed, to be very honest with you, um, to be in that position, you know. And, and there's... I don't know. You're successful with young and, and, and you're not successful with young at times. And, and those are the growing pains that come with it. But if we can, you know, learn and absorb all of the 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 lessons, you know, throughout a win and throughout a loss and, and be better the next day, man, these guys are going to be tremendous by the time they graduate, you know, and not just as volleyball players, but as human beings, you know. I'm going to make a prediction off air. I'm not going to say it out loud on this podcast, but I'm going to, I'm going to make a prediction to you off air when this is over with. Okay. Last question. Last thing I want to talk about. I didn't, I didn't prep you for this one, but I think this is this, you're going to hit a home run here. Um, back to what you said, it's like a big adjustment going from Hawaii to Iowa. Now it's, it's an even another big adjustment. You come from Iowa to Banner Elk. I mean, I've been to Iowa. We've had riders from Iowa. I know what it's like there. Uh, this is a different world, uh, a beautiful world, like you said earlier. Uh, what do you love the most about living and working in Banner Elk, North Carolina? Living, I I mean, I'm from Hawaii, so the mountains, it makes me feel at home. You know, I actually, I lived up uh, on a road called Aya Heights Drive, and that literally was on the mountains overlooking Pearl Harbor. Oh wow! Yeah, and so being in the mountains, it's it just kind of reminds me of of home, and um, you know, it's 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 yeah, it just makes me feel good in that sense, and it's a beautiful place, right? Like like, like I mentioned earlier, working here, the people I, I've truly uh, gotten to know, you know, coaches in here, and um, you know, our our admin and and finding people um, on campus, and I think it's. I think the smaller towns have like a more family feel to them and everybody is very welcoming and um, everybody is, it seems very happy. Like it seems like a happy place. You know, I experienced the same thing when I came here. Uh, I I was actually taken aback by it. I didn't anticipate that. Yes. yes. I I come from a a bigger city, metro area, totally different vibe and feel and energy. And um, everywhere I went, and still to this day, everywhere you go, you encounter people who seem genuinely happy to be here, no matter who they are or what they're doing. And that really stood out to me, to your point about welcoming and just feeling comfortable is a different energy. 
Yes, yes, I, I agree 100%. You know, and, and I came from Drake, which is in Des Moines, um, but it's, Des Moines is a small city, right? It's kind of like a starter city. It's a town. Yes, yes. Um, but the community that I had there, I had my best friend, you know. My best friend lived in a house away from me, like literally one house in between me and my best friend and his family. And our community with my former team and, and, and coaching staff was very close-knit. And so, you know, it, it made that homey feel for me there also. Um, but but it's, a little, it's a little different here because it's, it's very genuine throughout the entire community in that sense and not just within the volleyball program or, you know, with my best friend or whatever. Um, so it, it's, it's just an all-around homey place for me, and that's what I really enjoy about Matter Elk. That's awesome. I, I, I agree. That's been my experience. That, that, for me, was an added value that I didn't know I was getting. Yes, yes. And I'm, I'm like, tremendously grateful for it. I get asked a lot, would I ever move back home, you know? But what they don't know is, like, this is home. Yes, yes. Well, Pono, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for being on Inside the Den. Thank you. Thank you for having me. To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbombcats.com. Or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lees McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.